Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I am Heath Lambert. Joining me to celebrate 50 episodes, to rank 50 movies, Chris Lambert, the only other person I know for sure who has watched every movie we've done, whether he was on the episode or not. <laughs> My brother, constant supporter, more guests, appearances than anyone else. Yeah, nobody's more qualified to do this. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I finally did watch the last of these movies that I had not watched. Because by the time I got to watching Grace Unplugged, it was not available on HBO Max anymore. Oh no! So I had to do, I had to do a seven day free trial of Cinemax so I could watch it on there. And then oh, cancel no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah. And it's been happening a lot where there's like there's been stuff that yeah, it just happened with Pork Pie, where, you know, the magic button gave it to me. I watched it right away on Amazon Prime, and then I went back I don't know what, maybe less than a week later to watch it and take my notes. And it wasn't Prime anymore, so I had to watch it on Tubi instead. So, <laughs> yeah, stuff comes and goes, and it's tricky. But let's, uh, we can get right into it, but let's kind of cover a little bit yeah, here I, at the beginning. When, we're, when we say rank the... I'm curious how you want to do this. Do you want to start with the good and slowly sink into the bog of shit? Or do you want to... You want to start at the bottom and swim our way toward the light. <laughs> no, here's here's how we're going to do this. We're going to keep in mind that we're talking, we're not talking about the quality of the episode because I think there are terrible movies that made really fun episodes and I think there are really good movies that made so-so episodes just because there wasn't as much to joke about because we were too busy sucking the movie's dick, you know? So, <laughs> so it's purely our own entertainment and enjoyment of that movie, even if it's a cheaper movie than something, you know, just solely, like, what I found, I, I thought that the top five would be super easy, and the bottom five would be super easy, and everything in the middle would be like, oh, it's shifting sands, you know, and that was true of the middle, yeah. I've changed, I've made changes to this list today, and I've been sitting on it for a couple of weeks, and I mean, Looking at it now, there's things, and I'm like, really? That seems high. <laughs> but sooner or later, you got to shit or get off the pot. But I thought that yeah. the bottom five, particularly the bottom one, would be very easy. It was not. That was actually incredibly difficult because there have been so many abysmal movies that picking which one is the most egregious was actually really difficult. So I had to come <laughs> down to like, okay gun to your head you are forced to watch because i've already watched all of these twice you're gonna have to watch if one of these movies a third time what's the one you are least happy about if they stick you with you know so yeah i'm i'm betting tomorrow after I, i'll wish i could go back and change some of these things but sooner or later you got to set it in stone and so yeah, it's solely our enjoyment yeah. of the movie over even the movie's sort of quote-unquote objective quality. 
I'm still a believer that there's no such thing as a movie that's so bad it's good. Usually, I think a bad movie is just a bad movie. <laughs> but there are levels of like, it's a bad movie, but it it didn't hurt me to watch it. And then there's bad movies that are like, oh my god, I can't. <laughs> this is breaking me. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to start at fifty and work our way up. So we're working towards okay. a lofty goal. Um, <laughs> Because I think the thing that people are most interested in is what's the worst and what's the best, and everything in the middle is whatever. We're going to do it in the style. I'm going yeah. to steal it from the great Matt Gorley, the way he has done a number of his, his podcasts, where we'll each say our 50, our 49, our 48. We won't stop and talk about a movie until we've both said it. So if my number 50 is your number 36, we're not talking about it until we get to number 36. You know what I mean? So... And then sort of the last bit of business before we get going, and I've been thinking about this a lot, what do we do when we get to 100? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't want to do an entire 100 like this. I would probably just, I would want to rank the 100, but then when we do an episode like this, not talk about this 50, just kind of breeze right past them. Like, oh, number 37 is this, and not even you know, and just on to the next thing and only talk about the new things. Because that's another thing that's going to be cool about this for me is you've been on a lot of episodes, but I haven't heard your takes and thoughts on any movies that you weren't on the episode for. So we'll have a little bit of discussion. That's what I'm looking forward to. Especially like, like I, the way we originally planned things, I was going to be on the episode for, uh, for the taking Yes. And then I had to pull out at the last minute, so it was just you and em, uh, Emily. And so I had, I definitely had things to say about that movie, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's get started. I think you might be surprised. There might be some huge difference. I think our top five is going to be pretty similar. Our bottom five might be very different, actually. <laughs> I have a feeling. All right, I'll go first. My number 50, what I consider... And it's stiff competition. The worst movie of the 50 we've done, The Howling 7, New Moon Rising. What's your number 50? <laughs> I, I couldn't help it. I know we've, we've done some discussing about it, but I couldn't stop coming back to the FP. It wow. was just, it was that. Well, we'll talk about it. Was it. Well, that, have, it was that I, one I, that I'm like. I definitely have some things. Mine, the FP for me is much higher than that and but we'll get into it when we get there so <laughs> yeah because i have a bit of a, a tale to tell about the fp and we'll we'll get to that when we get there okay my number 49 is night of the living dead resurrection oh okay all right i had i had seven days away okay well that's my number 48 i couldn't get past the nuns <laughs> Uh, number 48, I had Saved by Grace. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, that's I right. jumped. I jumped. You're Saved by... Yeah, mine's behind for me, too. No, so there we go. Seven Days Away. We both mentioned it now. We can talk about it. I'm actually... I'm a little surprised. That's the first one we're talking about. Maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah, just... I've been saddled with... What, six Christian movies on here? Five for sure. Possibly six. I'll have to double check. But... Yeah, and it's the worst of the bunch for sure. Between just how amateurish it is, it doesn't have as bad a message as 
at least one of the other ones, but it's just so <laughs> made for $10 and starring, you know, actors who have no business being in front of a camera and just everything about it is so shoddy, you know? Well, let's face it. The, the main guy had no business being in front of or behind the camera and he did both. That's so. true. That's very true. And yeah. Oh man. Just the level of just nonsense and yeah, no, yeah. I thought I'd have more words, but I, I don't. Well, we already did. I mean, we, we were both on the, you know, you were on the episode about it. So we definitely have said yeah. our piece about that movie already to a large <laughs> extent. Um, my number 47 is Tabernacle 101. Good. And I had something in the woods. Okay. My 46 is Ice Spiders. And 46 is where I had Howling 7. Ooh, all right. Well, let's talk about Howling 7 then, which you seem to like slightly more than me. I mean, again, this is all a matter of degrees. The difference between 50 and 46 might not be that big of a gulf, oh. but because these are all terrible. But yeah, for it was me, very hard. That's just the, that's the one that, like, I honestly don't know if I could sit through again because it's just so boring and pointless and a werewolf uh, it's, I hate every character in it all these stupid rednecks and their dumb dad jokes and their stupid music numbers for no reason it's a werewolf movie with a werewolf that shows up in the last 45 seconds and looks like <laughs> Triumph the Insult Comic Dog I mean it's I hate it so much <laughs> it's yeah, just it, it spends far too much of it's runtime trying to be funny with jokes they wouldn't have allowed on Hee Haw. They were so bad. Yeah, and to call this, to call it a horror movie is a disgusting abuse of the English language. <laughs> oh, no horror whatsoever in this movie. <laughs> and no werewolves, and no acting, and no, it's just, <laughs> and the plot doesn't make any goddamn sense either, and it's got these weird connections to other bad howling movies that weren't necessary and no one was asking for and it's just such a bizarre misstep at every opportunity <laughs> it's like it's the movie version of sideshow bob stepping stepping on rake after rake after rake after rake after rake in that episode of the simpsons like every move it makes it smashes itself in the face with its own stupidity and incompetence and i can't i just I don't know if I could put myself through watching it again if I had. And I can't say that necessarily about any of the other ones. Even Seven Days Away, I could find a reason, as shitty as it is, to watch that again. I, The Howling, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could. So, any other thoughts on that one before we move on? No, just, I mean, just, I am so puzzled that this is even a howling movie just it they could have just slapped any random title on this and released it and it wouldn't make any difference because like you say it has the vaguest connections to the others that are so incredibly forced they had to make it happen yeah well i think it all rides on the back of that 
Clive Turner guy who wrote and directed it and worked on some of the other ones. And I think he was kind of grandfathered in and was seen as like, oh, you helped save these two other sequels that were just completely lost in the woods. And then he <laughs> drove them deeper into and the woods and then off of a cliff. So <laughs> they turned to the wrong fella. And I will, I will say this. As I mentioned on episode 50, when I looked at the data of what countries are listening to this show, I saw there's been at least one episode listened to in Australia. And I like to think in my private moments that that one listener was Clive Turner, <laughs> who has a Google <laughs> alert set for the Howling 7 and listened to the episode and cried himself to sleep that night because he deserves it because that movie is fucking wretched. So, Clive, if you're listening, I'm glad you're retired. Let's move on. My number 45. And I kind of suspected this might be your number 50. Highlander the Source. Oh, no. I mean, Lord knows, but no. I mean, <laughs> well, then what we, is, what we, is like, your 45? We, we, my 45 was uh, Night of the Living Dead Resurrection. All right, which was my 49, so let's talk about it. Um, it's, it's just awful. Yeah, I mean, it's proof that, because there's this double-edged sword, and I think this goes double for things like Seven Days Away and Tabernacle 101 and also Night of the Living Dead. We live in this age where everyone has a movie camera in their pocket. And everybody can make a movie. And that's, on one hand, awesome. Because it lets people who never had the apparatus or the means to use their voice to make something on film and say something. It gives them the opportunity to do so. And that's very cool. The downside to that is anybody can make a movie. <laughs> Including a great many people who should not. And I feel like Seven Days Away is that. Tabernacle 101 is that. And Night of the Living Dead Resurrection is that. And it's especially insidious because you, because Night of the Living Dead as a title, as a franchise, is public domain. Literally anyone can go make a movie and call it Night of the Living Dead and do whatever the fuck they want and spend $5 and make absolute garbage like this. And that's... Yeah, my big question, like, like you say, anyone can make a movie now, but... How are they getting it distributed? How is it getting onto it? What did we watch this on? Was it Tubi or was it Prime Video? That was on probably Tubi. How does it get yeah. distributed? Well, I guess because there's a, a there's a there's a thousand and one little distribution houses that are just like, okay, we're gonna be the next distributor. We're gonna be the next A twenty four. We need product. Just buy whatever, because you know, especially nowadays. You don't have to put stuff out in the theater. You don't have to put stuff. You don't even need the production cost of putting things out on DVD or VHS. You can just throw something out on Tubi, you know, throw stuff out streaming. And if you get even, you know, 200 people watch it, you probably somehow made a profit on a movie this cheap, you know, especially if it was a self-funded movie that somebody made themselves and then just sold to the distributor for a pittance, you know. I, I doubt people are making yeah. a ton of money on it, but that's how it gets put out. I have a feeling. Yeah, because I just I with many movies on this list, but this is definitely one of the major examples. It was my only reaction was, "How did this get to me? <laughs> like, how is this 
somewhere that I can find it because it shouldn't be. And uh, beyond that, just my the only things I really want to say about it are just if yeah if they were wanting to hold an audience through that whatever it was hour and a half or whatever it was they were very smart to save that line about the rape van for the last three seconds of the film because <laughs> I think most people would have been like oh nope I'm done now as soon as that line popped out yeah and it's which is saying something because it making it through that movie is hard to start with so you know for that to be the breaking point yeah but it's even worse because it's tricking people because they can call it night of the living dead and it's sitting next to 800 other zombie movies on tubi like oh well night of the living dead at least i've heard of that like it's part of a franchise i'm aware of and it tricks you into watching it over what it might be five other better super low budget zombie movies you know and that's just not fair. <laughs> it makes me angry. <laughs> so, yeah, it's bad. Bad, bad news. My number 44 we're on now is Savage Planet. Okay. Uh, I, my my 44 is Shocking Dark. Cool. All right. Yeah, our, this, our list is a lot more different than I thought. Uh, my 43 is The Happy Hooker <laughs> Goes to Washington. Okay, I, without spoiling much of anything, I will tell you that's a lot further up on my list. <laughs> wow, all right. Well, um, that's why we're here. And uh, and mine is Grace Unplugged. Okay. So you've got both your graces out of the way. My number 42 <laughs> is Something in the Woods, which you mentioned already, so we can talk about it now. Why did you have it so low, let's say? Just production value honestly i mean i it just felt like there was nothing there with this movie like no effort was put in acting script directing anything i i agree with all of that i guess i just feel that there were more offensive offenders of all of those things for me <laughs> so I mean, we're not that far apart. Mine was 42, yours was, what, 48, 47, something like that. So still in the bottom mm -hmm. 10. And, and a, big, a big distraction for me with this movie was the, was the ADR. Like the scenes when the you're in the, I guess, first timeline, <laughs> first storyline where it's the dude going to see his dad to tell him the story all the scenes where they're sitting like out on his back porch and he's telling him the story, like his, the dad's lines don't even match his mouth remotely. And it's, it's so, you can tell the audio is so canned that like it, like when he talks, the background noise almost stops completely. <laughs> I don't know it's if just, I even oh noticed that. God, I don't remember mentioning bad. that on the episode, so I might not even have noticed that. All right. My number 41 is Shaded Places. Okay, 41 is where I have Savage Planet. Okay, so we can talk about Savage Planet now. Uh, it's just one of, and I've, we've had a couple on the show, sci-fi channel movies, super cheap, ugly. This one at least, Savage Planet at least had like a recognizable actor in it, which, which is more than I can say for something like Ice Fighters. 
which is why I probably have it higher than Ice yeah. Fighters. But I just realized I shouldn't have it higher than Ice Fighters. I should have them switched. <laughs> because Ice Fighters, <laughs> as bad as it is, is way more fun to watch than Savage Planet. Savage Planet is just a slog. I'm an idiot. I should have those switched. I should have Savage Planet <laughs> at 46 and Ice Fighters at 44. But the ship has sailed. So anyway. For me, again, it's it's a quality thing. Like I know it's Sci-Fi Channel, but I've seen Sci-Fi Channel movies from around the same time that were nowhere near this badly put together. Like the the special effects on Ice Spiders are, and I, this is hard to even say, but leaps and bounds higher quality than the stuff in Savage Planet. Like it seriously looks like somebody some 12 year old did the special effects on their macbook yeah that's true like the i keep i keep coming back mentally to the the part where the one girl like gets ripped in half and they just like blur out her lower half with like by like cutting and pasting the ground next to her (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was quite there was quite a number of years there where like sci-fi channel was clearly spending all of their money on battlestar galactica and nothing else <laughs> everyone else got the shit into the stick when it came to sci-fi productions because they're like sorry we got cylons here's 30 bucks go make a space bear i don't know what to tell you i will say though and this is this is departing from the list but if you want to see a movie that shockingly is very similar to this quality wise but actually had a theater release and i remember seeing trailers for it Watch A Sound of Thunder. Oh. I just watched it for the first time recently. Way ahead of you, sir. (laughs) How did that get shown on a big screen? I do not understand. Yeah, that's true. It is a somewhat similar movie, somewhat similar production value, and yeah, did come out limited, but did did come out in theaters. That's true. Yeah, I've seen A Sound Sound of Thunder. Very similar. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I hadn't made that connection, but... It's true. My number 40. So we're leaving the bottom 10 now. Let's kill Grandpa this Christmas. Okay. Uh, I had Kindness Matters there. Okay. My number 39, I'm actually surprised it's this high, (laughs) is The Taking. Okay. Uh, For my 39, I have Highlander the Source. Okay. Let's talk about Highlander the Source, which we already did. We did an entire episode about it, so we probably don't have much more to add to it. But it's just, I mean, probably even more so than The Howling, even though I think The Howling 7 is a much worse movie, or at least a less entertaining to watch movie. You talk about just putting the final nail in the coffin of a franchise that was already on it, bleeding to death and on its last leg. You know, but the howling also like the howling was already kind of like had lost any prestige it had. It was already, you know, I don't know that anybody cared about the howling anymore by the time the howling seven came out. But the Highlander still had a fan base. You know, the TV show had kind of just ended. You know, it had multiple TV shows that were running. You know, yeah. And then to put this out, <laughs> I mean, that's why there's no more. That movie probably single handedly is why we don't have Highlander anything anymore. <laughs> because woof. <laughs> yeah and yeah i i would say i mean i know it's not as far down the list as it is for you but for me it's so far down the list because 
not only because it is so bad, but because it had a solid foundation to be good. And they just, they ruined it. You know, it, it could have given what came before. It could have been saved, but they, they didn't care. <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, my number 38 is The Executioner Part 2. <laughs> Okay, uh, there I have at 38, Shaded Places. All right, let's talk about Shaded Places. Only three apart, that's not bad. Because again, all this stuff in the middle is very just tiny shade, shades and degrees of difference in awfulness, you know? So, yeah. you know. My, my 20s were real hard to figure out because it's <laughs> all so, so very close in, in quality and goodness and badness. Yeah, uh, Shaded Places, which was not an episode you were on, so you probably have some thoughts that I have not heard yet. Yeah. That's, speaking of what you were just saying, there's potential there that could have been something. A group of friends come together, and sort of in their midst, one of their friends commits suicide, and they're stuck there, and they have to kind of deal with all these things, you know? And it could have been an emotional... There's something there. There's a there's a foundation there that you could have built a good movie on, but instead half the movie is goofball antics with stoners and then a surprise rapes and like it's what what are you doing? What are you doing right now? What what why did you make these decisions? I don't understand. I I one hundred percent agree. Its biggest problem is that like you say it it had the potential to be a, a compelling story honestly and then they just couldn't decide what movie they were making no it's absolutely two different movies smashed together and has no idea what tone it's going for at all and that's a problem because that's important <laughs> all right my number 37 kindness matters yeah and there i had ice spiders so we can talk we have about two both to of talk those about now. now. All right. Well, let's do <laughs> Ice Spiders first. We kind of mentioned it a little bit talking about sci-fi movie stuff. Yeah. Again, I should have. I really should have had that higher than Savage Planet because for me, it is. I mean, it's terrible, but it is more fun to watch than Savage Planet. There's enough goofy stuff in it and silliness, and not that they're they were going for tongue and cheek because I don't think they were. But there's enough stuff that just becomes funny through the lens of like, oh, they thought they were really doing something here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there, there's there's a very fine line, especially with these movies, between, oh my god, that sucks, that's hilarious, and oh my god, this sucks. Yeah, like the, I'll just I'll never forget the the female lead stabbing the ski pole at a general vicinity where there should be a CGI spider, but it's not quite there. So she's just poking at nothing. <laughs> Good stuff. There's nothing that entertaining in Savage Planet. So I really, I, I feel terrible that I didn't have those in different. And then, what was it? Oh, Kindness Matters. For me, Kindness Matters, of the Christian movies, on one hand, it's kind of the least egregious of the Christian movies as far as being uber Christian. Like, it's just slightly a christian movie it's more of a family movie mm -hmm. but it but it's so cheap it's so shot on an iphone and full of terrible performances i mean it just looks so 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 cheap in a way that the other ones 
don't like even compared to something in the woods this looks like cheap <laughs> yeah and it's a yeah, cute, my, it's a cute I, little I, movie that your grandma would like and it's you know it's not offensive to me in its storytelling or anything it's just so cheap you know it ba- it's barely a movie <laughs> right and i as i i've told you this uh, in a another conversation off camera but i i actually had to go back and finish it so that i could make this list because i couldn't make it through it the first time i watched it it's so boring like i wasn't even distracted by how cheap it looked because i couldn't pay attention to it it nothing about this movie or its story held my interest in any way it is super boring that's true yeah that's rough if it's if it's the one movie you literally could not make it through on the first try (laughs) it probably should be lower down your list here's how it went i started watching it one night before bed i fell asleep i got up the next day and tried to finish it i made it like another 20 minutes and i'm like i have things i can be doing and i just couldn't (laughs) i just couldn't keep going see and that's why i appreciate your dedication (laughs) and your time devoted to watch because you're watching movies you don't even have to take notes on you don't even have you're not doing an episode on you're just watching it just because you're a fan of the show and a fan of me and you want to keep up with stuff and now i mean this was a project but yeah. you were doing it anyway which is how this project was even able to happen so well, I will, you're appreciated i will tell you i did not I, w- I did not go back and start it from the beginning I continued it from where I left off. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't <laughs> watch it you? twice. I finished. <laughs> That's quite reasonable. All right, my number 36 <laughs> is Scorched Earth. Okay. Uh, at, uh, at 36, I have I Didn't Come Here to Die. All right. My number 35, and now we can talk about it. This will be a little involved. DFP, which okay. you had at number right. 50 so that's quite that's our biggest disparity yet you were on that episode i think we both made our opinions on that movie pretty clear and at the time it's story time ladies and gentlemen at the time when i tweeted out that episode i referred to it as the worst movie now what i meant was the worst movie we had done on the podcast but i didn't make that clear and i was also being hyperbolic because that's what you do when you're trying to be funny well And I don't know if this man has a Google alert set to his things or if one of his fans saw it and sent it to him. I don't know. But Jason Trost, director, writer, and star of the FP, retweeted that tweet and basically saying like, hey, I'm sorry you didn't like it, but the worst, really? (laughs) The worst movie? And let me let me prep it because I've had people ask me, hey, wasn't there at one point, weren't you saying, didn't you sort of promise a follow up episode to the FP episode? Because and yes, I did, because at one point I'm, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's do this in chronological order. So I had a bunch of Jason Trust fans not attacking me. I will say he did not like send the people after me or anything. And he's not that huge of a guy either. But, you know. There were fans of the FP who were coming in, and the meanest they ever got was like, "You sound like you don't know how to have fun." One lady said, "I bet you don't. I bet you hate roller coasters," <laughs> which, as far as insults go, I'll take that. All right, but a conversation, an actual grown-up ass conversation, happened on Twitter, which is super rare. Which was me and Jason Trost going back and forth saying, "Okay, here's why. Here's why. Here's why I think it's bad." 
Like, <laughs> you know, I think it's you and all your white friends saying the N-word for 90 minutes. And you may think that satire, maybe that's what you intended it. But as an audience member, I still have to sit and listen to that shit. There's not a black guy on screen. So what the fuck were you thinking? I don't get it, you know. And he was trying to explain and explain it, you know. And a, a civil conversation happened. And I went out on a big limb and took a swing and DM'd him and said, Hey, man, if you want to talk about this and, like, give your point of view on it and tell me why I'm stupid and wrong, you are very welcome to come on the show and have a conversation about it. And he said, I will do that. And that blew my mind because his... I expected the response to be, eat shit, <laughs> which, fair. I, you know, <laughs> I called your pride and joy garbage on the internet. That's fine. And over the course of the next couple months, he and I had conversations in which he proved to be a stunningly nice individual. He pointed me towards his other movies, which I went and watched. I watched the FP2. I watched All Superheroes Must Die. All Superheroes Must... Oh my god. All Superheroes Must Die, which I actually enjoyed quite a lot. It's like, what if like Daredevil-level superheroes were trapped in a Saw movie? It's fucking kind of cool. <laughs> as cheap as it is. And I watched some of his other stuff, which wasn't also wasn't my cup of tea, but I didn't find like as offensive as I did the FP. Well, and in fact, he even like, hey, we did a comic book of All Superheroes Must Die, but it's really hard to find, so let me just, let me send it to you in your Dropbox. Like, super nice. This is the guy who I insulted on the internet, and he's being super nice, so he's a good dude. <laughs> we could never work out the scheduling, because he's in Australia working on the FP3. He's got, he's 15 hours ahead of me, so it was just, and then eventually the conversation just kind of stopped, and so that episode never happened what that conversation did was it did not change my it changed my opinion of him as a person because i genuinely do think he was well-intentioned and i just think he went about it the wrong way when he made that movie but i feel vindicated and justified by the fact that when you watch the fp2 which i did all of that stuff is gone all of the misogyny is gone in the first fp the only female characters are the town bicycle who were standing around with their boobs out. They're just there to suck guys' dicks and be assaulted. And in the FP2, there's one woman, and she's, like, kind of a badass, kind of cool. And, like, okay, so he took care of that problem. They don't say the N-word in the FP2 once. Not once. They went from, like, 90 times in the FP1 to zero times in the FP2, which tells me I'm right. It tells me... That he put out that movie and people in his life saw it and went, hey, can we talk? I, I liked your movie fine, but, <laughs> you know, the conversations were had where he was made to realize you should have gone about that a different way. We see what you're doing, but that was not the cool way to do it. And the fact that he removed all of that stuff and ch changed it when he made the FP2 tells me, that I'm right, and he can defend it all he wants, he can try to justify it by saying it's satire all he wants, but even he now realizes that was not the way to go, because he stopped doing it and did it a different way. So, yeah, so that episode is not happening. Um, as far as his and I conversation kind of just ending, it could just be that he got busy and doesn't have time for my bullshit anymore, which is super fair. It's amazing that he talked to me in the first place. It could be this is my fear, is that he actually finally went and listened to the episode. <laughs> because, you know, in that episode, I referred to his film as a hate crime. Uh, I questioned, and this was not my fault, because 
depending on which, if you look at the IMDb trivia for him, it says he wears an eye patch because he's blind in one eye. If you look at the, I believe it's the trivia for the FP on IMDb, it says that he wears an eye patch as a fashion statement. And in the, I never made fun of him for wearing an eye patch. What I said in the episode was, I would not be shocked if either one of those things were true. Which I, that, that I feel bad about. That I don't stand by anymore because that's something else we talked about is how hard it's been for him trying to be an actor. Because he was in MacGruber. He was kind of a background guy in, or a secondary, I don't know, more than an extra though. But in MacGruber, he's the guy with the eye patch MacGruber. But he talked about like how hard it's been as an actor who has, with a disability, who has to wear an eye patch. That's why he's kind of done his own stuff because trying to have a career in Hollywood as a guy wearing an eye patch for real was very difficult and very troubling you know so i i side with them on that yeah i guess that that's my final word on the f there's that story my final word in the fp is jason trost very very nice man and i wish him all the best does not change my opinion and i like some of his other stuff does not change my opinion that the fp the first fp the yeah, first fp movie is uh atrociously racist and misogynist satire or not that opinion stands, and I feel that that opinion has been justified by the way that the FP2 turned out. Am I going to watch the FP3 when it comes out? Absolutely. <laughs> I am. Because the other thing is, the FP2 is a better movie in every possible way than the FP1. It's filmed better, the acting is better, the story's better, all of that troublesome stuff is gone. It's still not my cup of tea. But I can see him growing as a filmmaker, so I'm interested to see what the FP3 is. I probably still won't like it, but <laughs> I wish him the best. I really do. Nice guy, Jason. Do you have anything oh, else I to had, say on the FP? I, I had it at 50 because, yeah, I more than any, I think more than any other movie that we've watched, it's the one that I would not watch again. Okay. I I did watch two. And like you say, a lot of the points you make are very, very true. They, it's, a, it is a much better movie. All that stuff is gone. Although I will say, for some reason, this keeps coming back to me in my mind when I try to get around it. The, when they wrote the dialogue for the second movie, they just replaced the N word with the word ninja, which is very, very poor veil, and story-wise, really makes no sense. So you, it's not like you can't see what they're doing. Sure, but, but I'll take it. Like that's right. still, that's no, still yes, an improvement. <laughs> yes, it, it might is. even be him kind of making a joke about how they talked in the first one. But the point is that he learned a lesson. Yeah, he learned yeah, the absolutely. lesson that I was trying to impart in our conversations. That he kept, yeah, he kept defending himself. I mean, and that's fine because all, the other thing is, I have this tiny little podcast that not a ton of people listen to, and the fact that. He even saw that was baffling. Like it never even crossed my mind. They're like, hey, and this that's when I started trying to be more responsible in how I talk about things, particularly how I describe them in tweets, because yeah, it never even crossed my mind that the guy who made the FP is gonna see this and feel hurt about <laughs> it. And this is a guy who's probably and all what I also learned was I'm not the first person to bring this to his attention. He's had years of people saying the exact same things we said and he's probably real tired of hearing about yeah. it but then you know what don't make that fucking movie then 
If you don't want people saying, <laughs> hey, your movie is racist and misogynist, maybe don't make a movie that's racist and misogynist, which is the lesson you learned when you made the FP2. So don't tell me I'm crazy for thinking your movie was racist and misogynist when you made it stop being racist and misogynist for the second one. You learned that lesson yeah. before I came along. So don't, you know, <laughs> I think it's more that he's probably just tired of hearing about it, you know, and he's he's changed I, and he's I, tried to be better and good for him. But now he's still stuck with this thing in his background that like the movie he's most known for is this artifact of awfulness that he is forever saddled with now. And he's probably real fucking tired of hearing about it. But hey, man, sorry. Well, and I, I had a first the other day when I, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, actually listens to the podcast now. Hey, cool. And uh, but I shout out to I, nameless friend. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me saying his name, so I won't say his name. That's but fine. um, but he. He was telling me that he he had listened to the FP episode. He's like he's like you know like I was really surprised you were you were so hard on that movie. I, I liked it. I was like really. And he's like well you know I I one of my good friends worked on the movie. And I was like well okay I understand like maybe you got some loyalty there but was it good? Like did you actually like it? He's like oh, yeah I liked it you know. <laughs> so I have spoken to one person in real life who has defended the movie oh yeah i definitely there were people on twitter who again didn't come come at me hard or anything but were definitely like no that's a good movie you're stupid <laughs> you know and i'm like and in that moment i was like am i the asshole am i crazy am i wrong and the more i thought about it I was like no i'm not fucking wrong. these people are all wrong you can <laughs> and you can that's look even if you like the movie and you find it funny that's okay that's not me, but that's you, and that's fine. But you, what you cannot do is deny the things that I am saying about all the racist stuff, all the misogynist. Like, you can, it's okay to like something and admit that, like, okay, but it's super problematic in this respect, you know? But they kind of couldn't do that. They're kind of like, no, you're, here's why he did that. Like, no, I understand why he's saying he did that. That doesn't fucking make it better. <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, and there I, are people I had who this like it. Discussion with somebody. I had this discussion with somebody at work the other day because we were talking about how times have changed when you make movies and stuff. Like, because uh, what brought it up was we were watching TV at work in downtime and uh, Trading Places was on. Oh boy! And we got to the scene with Dan Aykroyd on the train in blackface, mm -hmm. and I was we were like, man, this this would not fly today. No, I'm actually surprised that they the still showed that scene. I'm surprised they did not remove that scene for television broadcast in the year of our Lord 2021. Uh, no, it, was, it, was <laughs> on, it was on like TBS or TNT or something like that. But then I was thinking about the, F, the FP and I was like, that wasn't that long ago. It's not like it was, oh, it was a different time. We could make those jokes then. And that's that was just a couple years ago. That's the thing. It was not okay then. <laughs> that's the thing that was most staggering about it to me. It's not like it's Song of the South where you're like, okay, maybe 1986 is the last time we'll re-release this theatrically, but then we'll just turn it into a ride at Disneyland <laughs> instead, you know? And then, But then we'll lock it in the vault never to be seen again. This was, what year was the FP? 2012 or something like that? Or even... Let me look at my yeah, notes. Yeah, if it was that long. Let yeah. me look back through my notes here. We're talking way more about the FP than I really wanted to, but... I know, I know, I'm sorry. 
but no, it's a definitely, I mean, if it's your worst and not my worst, not even close, then that's, you know, that's a point of diversion that is worth talking about. And I had the story about how that all kind of resolved, but 20, I have 2013, <laughs> possibly 2011. Either way, post 9-11, you know not to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's never speak of the FP again. <clears throat> okay number 30 and so okay so yes yeah, so my number 35 was uh tabernacle 101 wow way higher than mine i had it at 47 let's talk <laughs> tabernacle 101 it's fresh in my mind i just did that episode so go ahead why do you have it so high <laughs> i i don't know i just it, there the other movies that i have above it just offended me more on on different levels whether it be quality or or poor script writing or whatever but that is not to say that this was not a horrible movie because this was a horrible movie not just how cheap it was which i mean we've we have cheaper movies that's for sure but yeah story-wise so little of what happens in this movie makes any sense whatsoever and almost none of it is explained yeah no it's it's on the level of cheapness of like a kindness matters or a seven days away. And then on top of that, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And it's, it's trying to, it's calling itself a horror movie and it's the least scary thing you've ever seen. And it's, yeah, you have a lead character that is constantly unlikable. Even after his sort of transformation into a better person, he's still a douchebag. I can't stand to look at like, and, and then they have just the, I'm still the demon virus thing is the hardest left turn a movie has ever taken for me on this show aside from maybe shaded places and it's just it's it's baffling to me that movie <laughs> that that demons are controlling I mean, the even, internet for what and how and who could say even shaded places twist like if you look back and kind of go okay that makes sense I can see where that came from but this is just yeah like you said it's just completely out of nowhere and makes no sense to boot and then oh my god and just i love that she's supposed to be like tutoring him and teaching him to be the best version of himself and he just winds up being david blaine that's not the best version of anybody's self no <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe it's like a recency bias thing too that i have it lower Maybe it, maybe my memories of the awfulness of other things have faded enough, and this was so recent that I'm like, oh, fuck that movie, put it at the bottom, you know? It could be a recency bias thing, that maybe a year from now I'd be like, okay, that was actually way better than <laughs> Marshall's Miracle or something, who knows? But yeah, I don't know. Either way, our, our consensus is not good. Number 34 for me is Point of Fear. Okay. Uh, for 34, I had scales. Mermaids are real. <laughs> okay. Fair. My number 33 is Shocking Dark, which you okay. already and... listed, so we can talk about it. Okay. And I've, I mean, I was on the episode. You weren't, so you can share your thoughts on it. You had it quite a bit lower than I did, so. Yeah. What did, where did I have it? I had it at 44. So yeah, it. I think it gets so low on the list for me just because, A, the fact that the filmmakers tried in their own way in their own country to make it a sequel to Terminator, but then actually just wound up refilming scenes from Aliens. And that's pretty much the entire movie. 
like 70% of this movie is just reshooting the shooting script from Aliens. I think that might be why it's as high on my list. It's not high on my list, but certainly higher than you had it. It's just the audacious, the pure audaciousness of it is kind of fun to watch because you cannot believe your eyes that you are watching someone so blatantly steal the work of other people. And then on top of that, all of the performances are so laughably bad rather than just like painfully bad, like some of the other movies I have lower <laughs> on the list, you know? So there, there is entertain. It is terrible from top to bottom, but there is entertainment value to be found in it, which is something. So for me, that is why it's a bit higher than you have. Okay. And then for my 33, I had the taking. Okay. And like I say, I, I do want to get into this one a bit because I, I actually sat down and took notes for this movie. You did. And then I had a, I had a, I had a conflict of, of timing and couldn't be on the episode. So no, we can take a we can take a taking break here and talk about it. So you had it not a, not way higher than me, but a, a bit higher than me. So yeah, yeah, and and like also with. I'll, I'll, I'll say this real quick before I get into this actual movie. Everything on my list from, I'll say, 16 down up to, like, 40. We're just, oh, where am I going to put this? Because <laughs> there's such minute mm-hmm. degrees between each one of what made it better or worse. Yeah. And so, but yeah, anyways... Uh, the taking. Oh my god. My biggest problem with this movie, and there were many, was the editing or directing or whatever you want to call it. And you, you did mention it as well. The uh, the constant just slash cut montages in place of actual scenes and most of the dialogue being apparently telepathic. To the point where there's only really like somewhere between five and eight minutes where people actually talk with their mouths to each other in the entire damn movie. Yeah, it's the one scene in the movie that is actually a movie that I I feel. The rest of it is, like I said on the episode, B-roll from a Slipknot video. Like, it's all just... One thing I actually kind of found not cool but interesting was and you'll probably argue with me about this but the the way that the the devil spoke and not that it was interesting in this context but i think it could have worked in a better movie i think it would have been an interesting way of doing some uh, doing that if it were put in a movie that wasn't crap yeah i can see that like conceptually i can see that but in practice when you have to listen to that noise and not not even knowing why you're listening to it, who you're listening to necessarily, what it's saying. It's just bass. It's just dubstep in your ears that's supposed to be dialogue that's moving the story forward or something. And that's a hard pill for me to swallow. I don't know. <laughs> and especially, as Emily said on the episode, you know, for some anybody who has any sort of sensory issues or anything, like that movie is intolerable on a number of fronts oh yeah so which is something as a completely abled person i don't even stop and consider 
you know i mean sometimes you'll get that photosensitivity warning in front of stuff and that's about it but you don't think about like yeah how maddening everything in that movie must be <laughs> from, from the sound decisions to the editing to the flashing you know everything about it is a nightmare yeah. to me honestly the first thing it made me think of once i got a, a few minutes into it it made me think of of antichrist by lars von trier it was it was like somebody watched antichrist and went i can do that but they were wrong yeah you mentioned that in in a text to me i compared it to david lynch in the episode because it's kind of the first thing that came to my mind but you mentioned von trier and i went oh that's actually a way more apt comparison than david lynch it's somebody trying to do kind of a mishmash of the two but yeah a lot of von trier and and completely stepping on their own dick trying to do it like not not grasping what they're shooting for at all i think any other thoughts on that i think we can we can leave that where it is okay <laughs> so we're at 32 my number 32 marshall's miracle okay and there i had storm swept okay well i had that way higher all right I'm wondering if there's at any point that we're going to have the same movie at, in the same spot. I'm starting to think not because it's so much more different. I thought it would have happened. <laughs> and again, like we have both said, all of this stuff in the middle is so interchangeable. And like on a whim, I could look at this and go, I don't know, fuck that. Move that one down five and move this one up three. And like, right. you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. My number 31, Saved by Grace, which was your number 48. 48. <laughs> wow. Yeah, why do I have that so high? I don't know. It does have such a disgusting message, but it's at least, I don't know, to me, probably more so than any of the other of the Christian movies we've done on the show is interesting in a weird way to where I'm like, I kind of want to see where this is going. And then when we get to where it's going, I can't fucking believe where it went. You know, which is like, because kindness matters is just so drab and blah and predictable. Ooh, it's a dog and blah, 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 you know. And the other ones are very rote and by the numbers and you can guess everything that's going to happen. But Saved by Grace, I don't think you see coming the things that happen in that. Like the twists and the reveals in that movie, you're like, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Which gives it sort of an appeal to me. I mean, it's bananas and stupid and I think destructive in its beliefs. <laughs> but yeah, it's at least it's an intriguing thing to me that it's like, well, I did, I did not see that coming. So, yeah, I'll give you that. It's definitely not my, as boring as yeah. But I I spent I spent more than half of this movie just looking at Joey Lawrence and going, "Why are you following? Why are you with this woman? Get away from her. She's clearly psychotic. What is wrong with you that you're still walking with her?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, if if my choice is to watch. If I have a choice between watching, see, and here's where you, I think you need to think about how you did your list. Now, I'm not saying, all opinions are valid. I'm not saying you're wrong. But if the issue for you is like, I couldn't even get through Kindness Matters, but you have Kindness Matters higher than Say About, I mean, I would rather watch Say About Grace again than Kindness Matters in a heartbeat. So. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. For me, that puts it quite a bit higher. My number, <laughs> do we do your 31 yet? Uh, no, my 31. This is where I had the happy hooker goes to Washington. Oh, well, let's talk about that then. Boy, you talk about relics of its time, but I can't, that I can't even imagine works <laughs> then. 
Like it's so just for me, it's a comedy that not a single joke lands and it's all so 70s <laughs> I mean, but, but like it's everything it's the, all of the worst parts of the 70s like crammed into one movie and it's supposed to be funny and it's and it's all these little like it doesn't have a plot it's all these little vignettes and little skits that are like crammed together into a movie so it's like movie 43 but it's not but you were warned ahead of time with movie 43 that like okay it's a bunch of the Fairley brothers did a bunch of skits but this is supposed to be an actual movie but it has the same structure as that and it's I could not stand it. <laughs> what did you like about it? <laughs> Maybe that's a strong word. But... Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I necessarily liked anything about it. It's just like I say, a lot of this is minutia. It yeah. slides around, and there was just stuff I disliked more about the other movies that it made it slide further down the list. And I could see it. Being... I wouldn't. I would never actually say it. <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly not good, but I, I, I could, wouldn't say I, I could see it being something that's at least, I mean, maybe slightly, I didn't find it fun to watch, but I could see someone being, okay, this is kind of fun to watch because it's so goofy and so. And it's definitely just, very energetic. It, empty it, calories. It keeps you know? moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I guess, yeah. It's it, not, was, it's it was boring. one of those ones that, yeah. I guess that's true. It, it's one of those ones that I'm just like, well, I watched that. Yep, that's in my head now. <laughs> All right, my number 30 is Grace Unplugged. You had your graces together, and so do I. Just a bit higher up. Grace Unplugged. I feel I probably, for me, is one higher than Saved by Grace on the list, probably just solely from a production value-wise. Like, it actually looks like a movie in a way that the other ones don't. And has, I mean, look, Saved by Grace has joey lawrence and grace unplugged has kevin pollack that's not a hard contest <laughs> you know i mean it makes me <laughs> sad and shawnee smith it makes me sad that kevin pollack and shawnee smith are in this movie but at least there's something to grasp onto that i can go is this a movie because look there's kevin pollack and there's shawnee smith so this might be a movie <laughs> whereas if i see joey lawrence i'm like this might not be a movie so it slightly edges out but yeah it's very it's very that's one that's very predictable that's one that's very also not great in this messaging not as bad as and it's slightly better in its messaging than saved by grace so that puts it slightly ahead for me as well yeah what i think the reason i hated it so much was was a messaging issue it was the fact that she goes through this movie and there there was a lesson to be learned there but it wasn't the lesson that she learned in the end. The lesson she learned was, Dad was right. You should have listened to him all along. Go home and join the choir. Uh, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's, no, that's not the lesson to be learned with this movie. Yeah, it's try, It's a movie that's trying to, A, impart the wrong message. And then she does not learn that lesson either. <laughs> so it's both, it's both <laughs> things bad. So yeah, I mean, yeah. this movie so could have ended... With the message, see, you you went out in the world and things were a little rough, but that's the world and you you made it and you can just live your life and just do what you wanted to do and things are going to be okay. It's not as horrible as your dad made it out to be, but then they don't give you that message. <laughs> no, they yeah, give you the exact the... opposite message. You look at it and go, wait, what? Yeah, because they could have even made 
if you're gonna have if you have to have a christian message the message could have been like the world is a scary place but with if you cling to you know hold on to god he will help you make your dreams come true and get you through the hard times but that's not the lesson that it teaches the lessons it teaches is your father owns you <laughs> and anything you do in your life from getting a burger and walking to the post office to your career choices that isn't directly praising Jesus 24-7 is a huge mistake and you're going to regret it. <laughs> like, that's bad, bad stuff. Not, but I feel not as bad as thank you God for killing our spouses so that we can be together, which is the message of Saved by Grace. So, it's a, I mean, maybe it's a toss-up, but for me, slightly less repugnant. Yeah, and, well, and I found it really confusing as to what they were trying to say because, okay, I grew up in my teenage years. We've gone over this a little bit on the show, but in my teenage years, I was I was in youth group. I was in church. I was very into it. And so I got, I developed a love for Christian music. There are, and I will, <laughs> I will say this, there are good Christian bands out there with musical talent. And I do still like a few of them. So I was very confused when I recognized Chris Tomlin at the end. I was like, oh, I know who that is. And then they deliver the message they deliver. And I'm like, so are you saying you had Chris Tomlin in your movie, who is a successful, like, big Christian artist who went out and did his thing and became popular and had success? And you had him in your movie, and then two seconds later basically delivered the message that going out and being a successful Christian artist is evil. Don't ever do it. You can just go home and go back to your church. <laughs> well, I mean, that there's no reason to believe that they showed him the entire script. <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine, hey, we're making a Christian movie. We'll throw you a couple hundred bucks. Do you want to come be in it? Sure, why not? I'm not doing anything this weekend. Just give him his pages. He doesn't need to know any, like, you know, why would you? So, mm. Well, my number 29 is I didn't come here to die. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I didn't tell you my number 30. Oh, shit. Just so we can move forward. Uh, my We haven't crossed it yet, okay. so it doesn't matter. But my, my 30 is Shadow Zone. Okay. Jesus, where do I have Shadow Zone? Wow, I have that really high. Why do I have that so high? Okay. <laughs> I think mistakes were made because that doesn't look right. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> Okay, so your 30 is Shadow Zone. My 29 is I Didn't Come Here to Die, which you had mentioned already. Okay, and my, okay. And we'll have a, a double talk here because okay. you've already mentioned my 29, which is The Executioner Part 2. Okay. Well, let's do I Didn't Come Here to Die first then, which you had quite a bit lower than me. Yeah, it's bad. 36, yeah. It's bad, but it's, I guess not that much. Well, a bit lower. It's bad, but there's there's things in there. There's at least, like, you know, the chainsaw thing, as stupid as it was, looked kind of, you know, it's an actual, like, makeup effect, which is something. And there's, yeah, I don't know. There was enough to it for me to not be, you know, towards the middle of the pack instead of at the bottom with the dregs. But. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of the same for me. Mine is a little bit lower than yours, but I kind of felt the same way. I mean... It honestly made me laugh in a couple places. Probably not where I was intended to be laughing by them, but I did laugh. I laughed when she got hit in the face with the chainsaw. I did. Because I was... <laughs> just the way it happened, I was like, wait, what? And I just laughed. And yeah, yeah and the, I think the makeup effects, 
honestly weren't bad. I, like you say, that that part where that chainsaw is buried in her face looks pretty convincing. So for compared to some of the other low-budget horror movies, probably around the same budget that we've had, I do think it it had better better quality as far as that goes. And then what was the other one that we both had mentioned now? Oh, The Executioner Part 2. Oh, Executioner Part 2, which I had at 38 and you have at 29. Oh, that was a long time ago. I'm trying to even remember that movie now. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I think that's part of why it is where it is on my list when I was trying to figure <clears throat> it all out because that one and we can talk about more when we get to where you come, come across it, but Shadow Zone as well for me were both kind of movies where I went, which movie was that? What happened in that movie? I had to go back and like look it up and go, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that one now. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing so bad or so good about it that it's memorable at all. I mean, I remember it being wild, <laughs> and, like lots of crazy, insane, dumb things happening, and being not good. Yeah. And that's about all, yeah, that's about all I remember. <laughs> so if there's nothing so egregious that I'm instantly like, oh, that's going at the bottom, but also nothing good, it's just forgettable. So that's kind of the middle of the pack, I suppose. My number 28 is Scales, Mermaids Are Real. Okay, so and we can mine talk about is that. Uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Okay. Yes, Scales. <laughs> scales, which, yeah, I have a 28, you had at 30-something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 34. Okay. Yeah, again, six differences out of 50. That's not, you know, this middle is all very similar. Yeah. Thoughts on scales? Well, I, I will tell you the thing that stands out the most in my mind, because <laughs> you are, I know you've already talked about it on the podcast, but uh, yeah, laying there watching it in bed, and I, like I had earphones in because I was watching, Jamie was reading a book or something, and like... She she kind of glanced up every now and then, so she had a vague idea what was going on. But just I got to the scene at the end where the girl <laughs> turns the dude into water, and I out loud, probably much louder than I should have at like one o'clock in the morning, went, "She just murdered that guy. She straight up fucking killed that dude." <laughs> Jamie's like, "What? Yeah." And I rewound it and showed it to her, and she's like, "That is messed up. This is a kids' movie." <laughs> Yeah, it's a shocking turn of events, <laughs> for sure. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing was just kind of weird and didn't feel very much like what it was supposed to be, which is like a like a Disney Channel, Nickelodeon movie type of thing. It didn't ever feel like it fit into that, but it didn't feel like a grown-up movie either. And I just feel bad for, I forget his name, but the kid from Shazam that's in it that he had to be in that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's in the. It is in that weird middle zone where it's like, well, this is way too boring for like kids. Like kids aren't gonna sit and watch this. It's pretty dull and uninteresting. But grownups are gonna think it's very stupid <laughs> and also very boring. So who is this for? And then there's also murder and weird gun-toting kidnappers and all kinds and spear death threats and all kinds of crazy things for a children's movie. So. Yeah, I probably have it a bit higher than you just because maybe more than any movie on this list, it's a, you have to see it to believe it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because you would never, some of the things in this movie you would never guess from looking at, you know, 
without watching it. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain appeal to that. Just the shocking nature of the things that happen in this children's movie. But it's, yeah, it is very dull and very who is the sore. So we got your 28 already, right? Yep. And my, children shouldn't play with that oh, that's right. My number 27 is $2 better. All the way back to episode two. <laughs> and uh, 27 is where I have Marshall's Miracle. Okay, which was my 32. We can talk about that. Again, pretty close, but a little higher than mine. I Yeah, I just found it to be, uh, like I said in the episode, a movie for grandmas and not of much not of much of interest to anyone else. <laughs> just a pretty yeah. pretty rote and standard cutie dog movie. Yeah, with, and... It's <laughs> slightly raised by having Shannon Elizabeth in it, yeah. but really nothing, nothing terrible, nothing egregious, but also just nothing really of value, nothing to... No, there's no real reason to there's no super reason to avoid it there's also no reason to watch it it's in this weird right. dead zone in the middle that it's just it's a movie that exists but do with that yeah, what you will i guess that's why it kind of falls in the middle for me with no real place it's just i watched it there it was it didn't suck but it wasn't good it was just there it was just a movie and i will say though <laughs> the one thought i had on this movie was in the opening credits you see the you see marshall walking down the railroad tracks my first thought was oh god this movie's gonna be narrated by a dog isn't it and luckily that was not the case (laughs) no it was not which gives it a big big leg up on kindness matters which had intermittent (laughs) dog narration when it felt like it and was kind of infuriating (laughs) there is a horrible rash of those that came out in the last few years i don't know i can't remember when marshall marshall's miracle came out but like it was like a dog purpose and it was like i remember going to the theater and every time i went to the theater for like a year one of the previews was for a movie narrated by a damn dog like it was like a dog's purpose or a dog's life or one of those as soon every time i went to the movies there was one preview where the movie was being narrated by a dog a dog's journey which i believe is the sequel to a dog's purpose and i don't know if you're aware of this is a movie about straight up dog reincarnation yeah yeah it's fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> Look, apologies to people. I know you love dogs and you want to watch dogs on the big screen, but that movie is fucking dumb. And if you like it, you're probably dumb too. <laughs> you can like dogs all you want, but th- that's stupid. <laughs> that movie sucks. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. My number 26 is The Titan. Okay. And my 26 is My Stepdaughter. Ooh, that's my number 25. So let's get into it. My <laughs> stepdaughter, number 25 for me. Well, what's your number 25 first? Uh, my 25 is Point of Fear. Okay, so we can talk about that one too, because that was my number 34. We are halfway there. So let's do my stepdaughter, which we were pretty close on. Ooh, almost. Are we ever going <laughs> to match up? It's crazy. Yeah, just real standard TV movie fare. Not not good, not nightmarishly bad, just real. It's shit you have on in the background while you're running on a treadmill because you can't find the remote 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you, but it's not. Again, there's no reason to watch it whatsoever. Very yeah, I I'll exactly say I, middle of the road. In my lifetime, I've seen, and I can't tell you why or where or when because I really don't remember. But I know I've seen a few like Lifetime we TV movies, and I will say that this was in some ways worse than most of them. <laughs> okay, just the the some of the nonsensical plot points and really kind of bad acting and yeah, I mean it seemed like one of those. But, but worse. Fair. Me as someone who has gone well out of their way to have not watched a lot of Western movies, I guess I don't know if it's typical or not. It felt like, a t- in, in my mind, it felt like, you know, oh, what is a Lifetime movie like? It's like this, you know? Like well, I wouldn't in, say in, in my brain, that's a stereotypical <laughs> Lifetime movie to me. Yeah, it seems to me like if... It, what happens when Lifetime tries to make a horror movie, which they should never do. Or at least a thriller, anyway. A thriller, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what was Point of, was point of Fear the other one we need to talk about? Uh, my 25 is Point of Fear. Okay, which was my 34. I'm, I'm surprised you have it that high. I'm wondering if you're just being extra nice to Brooks Benjamin, <laughs> who was extra nice and came on the episode so we could make fun of the movie to his face. Which was very sweet of him, and he was a good sport. Uh, I don't let that, that might have my... colored my opinion. <laughs> I think the fact that I have it as high as thirty-four is me being colored by that by him being a sweetheart. <laughs> because realistically, that movie should probably be a lot lower on my list. But I don't know. There's something fun about it. As super cheap. I mean, everything that I've complained about in other movies, like it's it's super cheap to look at. The acting is all pretty bad. The story's all over the place, but I don't know. There's something, there's something about it that made it more interesting to watch than a lot of the other ones like it, for me anyway. And obviously for you yeah, because you I think it so. Higher. It had something for sure that I can't put my finger on either, but I agree. And I think possibly what put it further up my list is just the fact that the research you did on it gave me a, a better appreciation for it. Just knowing what little money that they had to work with and what little time and all that stuff it, I mean it is still a low budget and fairly not great movie but I have more appreciation for it just because I know for a fact how little they were working with whereas most movies I just look at and go that looks like it's really cheap yeah and being able to talk to Brooks Benjamin who made the movie and getting that sort of perspective on what it was like making a movie on that level of cheapness because I feel like there are movies way lower on my list something like probably like Night of the Living Dead or Seven Days Away that probably cost a shit ton more than Point of Fear and aren't nearly as good as Point of Fear <laughs> you know what I mean so it very yeah. Point of Fear is very much a lesson in like look it's not good but you also what did we say it was five thousand dollars they made it for something crazy like that well if I remember I that's what IMDb says, but he said that it was way less than that. Actually, less you than just that, yeah. can't put less than five thousand on IMDb. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, which makes it of those super cheap camcorder movies that we've had on the show, makes it kind of the most impressive one, which is probably why it's right. so high on yeah. our list. All right, into the top half now. My number twenty-four, Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. 
Okay, and my 24 was Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth, which I had way down at 36. <laughs> we already did an well, episode on I this think, together, so... To me, the reason I think it's a little higher on my list is just... It, it's, it was so long ago, <laughs> and I was going over the 50 and looking at what I have in my bottom 10 and going, man, I remember watching Scorched Earth and Titan and being like, these are the worst movies I'm ever going to see. Oh, no, they were Breath of Fresh Air probably now. <laughs> I was... I was I was so young and naive back then. <laughs> Sweet summer child. Yeah, those were your first. Those were your first two episodes, right? Scorched Earth and yeah, and the Titan. So yeah, that was yeah. way back. Yeah, for me, it's because I don't know if I don't think it was a Sci-Fi Channel original movie, but it's along those lines. But it certainly is better looking and better made than the other Sci-Fi. You know, those kind of movies that we have on the list. It's just so uninteresting and so drab and dull and nothing interesting happens in it at all like plot wise it's just like it's a movie and i guess it has a story but uh pretty thin pretty thin <laughs> my number 23 is eddie's million dollar cook-off oh my god we did it that's my number 23 hey finally one that matches up let's talk <laughs> about it right now <laughs> Why is it this high on my list? Uh, probably just because it's it's a harmless little Disney Channel original movie. It's not for me, so I give it a little leeway as far as that goes. As far as like those Disney Channel original movies for kids, it's way less dumb than a lot of them are. It's perfectly fine and innocent and harmless and and whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what it is for me too. It was just kind of, like I say, the twenties were just kind of sliding stuff around and trying to figure out where they go. And the, yeah, like you say, this one was just kind of, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything great. So it just kind of found its place at twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. It's just not for us because we're grown ups, <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Ah, uh, my number twenty two is Storm Swept. Yeah, I had that much further. <laughs> yes, you did. That was my 32. What's your 22? Uh, my 22 is The Visitor. All right. All right, well, let's talk about Storm Swept then. I feel like I have it this high because it's, there's, like we said, lots of other movies, there's something there. And I think it gets way closer to reaching its goal and hitting what it's trying to hit that's there than a lot of the other movies that we've done. It still doesn't quite get there, and it takes some weird missteps. But the idea of, like, sexy ghost, that's intriguing. I haven't seen that before. How well they execute it, you know, it comes and goes. But it's definitely not boring. I was definitely a little bit on the edge of my seat, wondering what's going to happen next, you know. Is a full-blown orgy about to break out? Are people going to start dying? But no one really <laughs> did. Like, how... I do need the ghost to either be... 100% more scary or 100% more sexy. <laughs> but it's kind of as sexy a ghost as it is. It's still pretty subdued, all things considered. But I don't know. I found it entertaining enough. I don't know. I, I think I just had it lower on the list just because story-wise, it just wasn't really great. I mean, like I say, a lot of these are just not real great. But it, it just... Like, a lot of stuff that happened just didn't really make sense to me. It felt like they were 
just making up reasons for things to happen. And I don't know. I, it just didn't impress me. Fair. My number 21 is children shouldn't play with dead things. All right. And mine is $2 better. All right. So we have two movies to talk about. Let's talk about children shouldn't play with dead things, which you had quite a bit lower. A well. little, little further back, 28. I have to tell you, looking at my list right now, looking back at things I've already said, there's a movie that I have said that I am gobsmacked that you have not mentioned yet. And I'm wondering how much higher up your list it is. And I'm kind of going crazy over it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> I cannot okay. believe how high the, that movie is on your list. Anyway, children should, children shouldn't play with dead things. Again, a, a super cheap. All the acting is so hammy and crazy and everything is... But you can see the beginnings of a filmmaker there. You can see, oh, Bob Clark's a coming. You know what I mean? Like, you can see yeah. the roots of, I mean, you wouldn't guess he's going to make a Christmas story, but like Black Christmas, you can see that. And so it's interesting to see where someone like that started and the things that they probably learned from making that. I don't, it's not, I think my guest on that episode liked that movie quite a bit more than I did. I still don't like it necessarily. I wouldn't call it good. But there's interesting things going on, and it's I think it's kind of an interesting relic of its time as well. So that's something. Yeah, I, it kind of, for me, like you say, the whole you can see that this is a filmmaker is going somewhere later. Um, it, it almost had, I mean, not to that level, not quite there, but it had almost like an Evil Dead feel. Yeah. For like, you can see this person's trying to do something that's a little beyond their budget and what they're capable of doing right now. And I did like that. It was, it was one of those, I, what, this was what, late seventies. Uh, yes, I believe so. Mid to late seventies. Yeah. And there's like, there's, there's a group of like kind of funny horror movies from around that time that are, that have that bleak. Okay. The, the good guys don't win in this. The zombie, <laughs> the zombies take the day. And like, they're, I like the, at the end, they're like, getting in the boat and heading off to the city and like so you know that there's no happy ending here and that was kind of kind of cool i like that part yeah and i think it's probably three to four places higher on my list solely for the zombie that is shocked that he pushes her down the stairs <laughs> that moment <laughs> i think about yeah. at least once a week i think about because <laughs> that's that is either an actor making a decision or a really smart piece of script writing and i'm not sure which it was but yeah that zombie when he throws her down the stairs to the zombies and that zombie looks up at him like really dude? i don't know <laughs> that's pretty special to me so that might have raised it a bit <laughs> oh yeah two dollar better which i had at 27 I, I don't know it's just it's an old movie i mean <laughs> it's very much a movie yeah. from that time period there's probably 500 other ones just like it it's kind of entertaining also kind of not entertaining it's just it's very i don't know it's very yeah. middle of the road i mean i'm sure there's certainly way worse movies from that time period you could watch but there's also way better ones i don't know but yeah. it was interesting to have a movie like that on the show because we haven't had one and it was very early it was episode two and we haven't had another movie like that on the show so maybe that makes it stand out in my mind more but yeah i and to me, I, I have a hard time judging movies from that time period because I'm like, I don't know what things were like back then. 
maybe this was the best movie that could have been made that year. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but that's, but also consider, and I won't get into, we won't get into where we have it on our list, but it's obviously coming up. It's a Wonderful Life is a movie from kind of that same time period that you can look at and go, oh, that's just a great movie. <laughs> you know so yeah, uh, well, I the time period isn't necessarily yeah, we'll that, but... the time period isn't necessarily a factor of whether you know, you know what I'm saying uh, my number see here's where I did a switcheroo my number 20 and looking at it now I'm, yeah it's silly that it's this high it should be much lower is Shadow Zone <laughs> I, I cannot imagine um... why I have that so high <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I said I found it just so forgettable that I had to go back and remind myself what movie it was. Yeah, maybe that's why it is. It is very forgettable. But I wonder if I don't have it so high just because there's also there's also nothing in it or about it that's like, oh well, that's shockingly bad and terrible. Like it's just, it's very right. much <laughs> a prototypical. Like it's a very typical straight to video early '90s sci-fi movie. Like it's almost the platonic ideal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of that you know so yeah yeah i don't know i still feel like that should probably be way lower but (laughs) here we are okay and my 20 is nightwish which is my 19 and i actually i originally had nightwish at 20 and shadow zone at like 14 or something and i switched like i I moved some stuff around so i don't know what the hell was going (laughs) on i think i was in the area where it's like well what do i do with these so yeah, my 19 is Nightwish, so we can talk about that, because that's your number 20, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, let's talk about Nightwish. So yeah, pretty close together for us. Just a crazy movie. A crazy movie. <laughs> Not good, yeah. but definitely entertaining, because so much crazy shit is happening. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Not good, but in a way enjoyable. Like, it, it held my interest. Uh, there were good things about it. Like you mentioned, or we both mentioned on the on the podcast, the Greg Nicotero's work on the, the creatures and the special effects and various tentacly things mm-hmm. <laughs> was quite good for a movie of that caliber. And acting wasn't horrible; it was serviceable for a, a, a horror movie from that time period. And you said, if not for the ending that completely erases any meaning in the movie at all, it, it was enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, it's definitely wacky and crazy, and it's definitely one of those, like, from that time period, that kind of, like, splattercore kind of, you know, like, let's just throw yeah. goop at the screen and who cares what else is going on, kind of, like, sort of, like, reanimator, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's fun to be had there for sure. And what was what was your 19? Uh, my 19 is Family Reunion. Okay. Then we move on to my number 18, which is Bayama Aruku. Okay. All right. I have Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, see, our stuff's getting real close now. Interesting. 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 Okay. Well, that's, yeah, actually, that's my number 17. So we can talk about that right now. What's your number 17? Uh, my 17 is Intruder. Okay. All right. Well, we can, yeah, you had 18, I had 17 for Slumber Party Massacre 2. So let's talk about it. Yeah, it, it's one that I mean, it's in my, it's in my soft spot. It's I, with you, I wound up growing up watching a lot of late '80s, early '90s 
horror flicks, be they top notch or low budget. And so this just, it kind of felt like one of the, I had never seen it before, before we, we watched it for the podcast, but it felt like just one of those movies from my childhood that I grew up watching and fit right in that, that category, not too high, not too low, just kind of one of those. It's 100% a movie that we passed in the video store and looked at countless times. Oh, yeah. Because we used to always go and look up and look at horror movie, specifically VHS boxes were intriguing to us. And that was one with like, that guy has a guitar <laughs> with a drill in it and he's half naked co-ed. Like, <laughs> you know, as little kids, you're like, I don't know what that is, but I'm interested. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But it definitely isn't. I mean, it's probably as low as it is on my list because it's also the killer himself is so, I mean, some people probably look at that and go, oh, that's fun. But to me, he's just, he's annoying and aggravating. And why, and why, why is he like this? Why does he behave this way? What's a dream and what isn't in a way that's more aggravating to me than even Nightwish was? Because Nightwish also has like, what's the kind of, what's, what, what are we seeing and it's real and what isn't? But that's just kind of a soup all mixed together, and I don't know, it bothers me less, whereas Summer Party Massacre 2... Yeah, and this movie, there's no there's no indication of this might be a dream until they you get to the end and they go, oh, this is a dream. <laughs> well, there's kind of... But there's little bits, because she's... There, you know, she has dreams about the cute boy, and she has dreams that they're making out or whatever, and then the guy's just in the room with her. Like, a, it's a real Freddy Krueger jumping out of the bed. Right. Thing, you know? So it's it's layered in there, kind yeah, of, in but, places, but it still feels like a real betrayal when it's like, wait a second, this whole thing was a dream? Come on. I hate it. I hate that. So, and it's so loosely tied to the first one, you can tell, you know, that they were just like, well, the first one made money, so we've got to make a second one. We don't know how we're going to do it, but <laughs> yeah. we'll slap something together. But I don't, but yeah, it's also, but it's kind of fun and it very, you're right. Sweet spot is a good word for it. It definitely hits that like middle of the road 80s horror, specifically slasher movies, where it's like, it's not one of the greats, but it's not one of the real stinkers. It's just kind of like, you know, it's the thing you would watch at a slumber party with your buddies. You rented six movies that you think you're going to get to watch them all that night. And it's the third one you got to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for instance, yes. <laughs> the film Waxwork, my friends and I rented at sleepovers no less than four times and never watched. Because it was always at the bottom of the pile of, like, we're, oh, this time we're watching Waxwork. But we'd always, we'd fall asleep watching the third movie we watched before we... Instead of, okay, we're watching Waxwork first this time, we'd always be like, yeah, but no, we need to watch <laughs> Razorback instead. You know what I mean? Like, but it's definitely, Summer <laughs> Master 2 is definitely one of those kind of movies that, yeah, sweet spot is a good word for it of my teenage years. <laughs> so my number 16 is Family Reunion, which was your 17, uh, right? I just had that a couple spots back. So very close. Yeah, one of those, and it's happened a lot on this show, a little horror movie that it's crazy that I've never heard of or never seen the box for or anything. Kind of a surprising little forgotten, I don't know if I'd say gem, but close to a gem. Interesting premise. Some interesting, there's a lot of things about it that don't make any sense, but I don't know. Interesting and fun and weird that I'd never heard of it before, this. Yeah, I have the same feelings. I just... It's one that, you know, I feel like I definitely would have watched 
amongst all those other horror movies that we watched growing up. So it's it is strange that we never got never even saw it or heard about it. But yeah, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. I just I, <laughs> I just laughed, which I guess was the point. But the the scene when <laughs> they get they get their car breaks down in the town and like one after the other, like three people ask the dad. What's yep. wrong with the car? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, very relatable content. <laughs> uh, my number 15 is The Visitor. Okay. Where did I have that? Where did I have that? It was back a while ago. But yeah, anyway, we I have gone past that anyway. <laughs> what's, what's your number 15? Yes, my 15 is... Somehow I missed my 16. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, no, I... I Totally didn't even realize that my 16 is uh, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Okay. And your 15 is? Uh, my 15 is Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. Okay. So we can talk about that and The Visitor. Let's do The Visitor first. You had it a bit lower than okay. me. I think it's, I don't know, it's probably so high on my list for me just because it's so fucking bizarre. <laughs> like you've never kind of, you've kind of never seen anything like it. And we have yeah. so many movies on this show that are samey, you know, to each other or to movies you've already seen. And you've never, The Visitor is not like a thing you've seen before. It's so, <laughs> no. so bizarre. <laughs> and so that's worth a lot of points for me. I, I still don't think, it's crazy that a movie that I would not call a good movie, to me anyway, makes it to 15 on my list. But it's just so crazy that it's worth watching. At least once, just to be able oh, to yeah. say that you did. <laughs> yeah, I I would definitely I would tell people to you know watch it once, for sure. And I think I think it made it as high as it did on my list. Again, not quite as high as you, but and again, it's the whole your opinion being colored by other things. But I, I listened to the the podcast that they they did for uh, how did this get made where they did an episode on The Visitor. Yes, which for and the record... Listening to we, them... We, we, not only, our episode on The Visitor came out before theirs, number one, which doesn't... <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean a lot. I just want it... I just want that out there, that we... Because, well, but I feel that's important because of what you were about to say. Well, yeah, the fact that they they made a lot of the same jokes and points we did. Yes, which... And, and but, also... Their opinion on the movie, they they very kind of loved it for how crazy and weird and out there it was. And that made me kind of go, oh, you know, maybe it's a little better than I gave it credit for just for those things. Yeah. It's more enjoyable because of the craziness. Whereas before I listened to that podcast, I probably would have put it lower on my list. Well, and let me let me be perfectly clear that I am not saying <laughs> that. The fine folks over at How Did This Get Made, which is a show that I love with people that I love, I am in no way saying that they listened to my podcast and stole our jokes. Believe me when I tell you, <laughs> that is not what I think. Because, well, also because I think I think it was a live record that they had actually done way probably months and months before we did our episode, but it wasn't released until after ours. So right. But also let it be known that when you, if you listen to the both of them and you hear similar jokes, also know that we didn't steal those jokes from them either because we recorded ours before theirs was released. So 
Right. It's just a real great my I feel good about myself that me and Jason Manzukis came up with the same joke <laughs> independently of each other. <laughs> That's a shining moment in life for me because he's a really really funny guy. Yeah. So honestly, because when I was writing my notes to do the podcast, I thought I was very clever writing down Space Jesus, and then to hear one of them say Space Jesus, I was like, yes. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> or even more, I mean, that that's kind of a broader sort of, I think a lot of people would make, not not to shit on you, but I think a lot of people would make that joke. But like, there's, no, no. I mentioned when the bird is trying to get in, I made a reference to the Velociraptors of Jurassic Park, which one of them also does. And I was like, wait a second. And they both, they all went crazy about that motorcycle <laughs> crash stunt like I did. Like, yes. there are a lot of very similar jokes between us. And again, I'm not, that there is no, I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm just saying it's that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the only other... I'm trying to think of how did this get made. Has he even done any other movies that we've done? I think they might have done Scales a while ago. I'd have to look back and see. But if they did, I don't... It was so long ago. Anyway, enough about a better show than this one. <laughs> <laughs> My number 14... Oh, Jack and the Ku Klux Heart we need to talk about. Which I had at 24, oh, yeah. and you have at 15. Right. And I and I knew it would be that way, because I honestly remember enjoying it more than you did when we first did the episode. Because I just, and I don't know, it might be because it was the first, and still to this day, only animated film we did, which I, I enjoyed that That's about true. it. It was cool to finally have one. And so that might also color my opinion and bump it up the list a little bit but i i honestly found some really enjoyable stuff about the way the way it was animated and directed and the the voice performances and things like that i i found it to be pretty charming and likable yeah i think the style is is a little derivative but interesting i think that but i found most of the music just intolerable and I also thought there's a lot of stuff in it that was like, well, this isn't for children at all. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, these are some odd decisions for a children's movie, much like scales. So, yeah, a lot of it didn't work for me quite as much as it did for you. But I, I do, I do hope we get more animated films on here because I would, I would like that. It's a very different, I think, approach. Well, the children's movies in general, we have to take a different approach in how we talk about them and how we think about them compared to other movies we've done on the show. But animated ones, that is a whole other thing because now you're taking out... I mean, there's voice actors, but you're taking actors out of the equation to an extent. You're taking production... Or production values still mean something, but it means something very different in animation than it does in live action. Because yeah. now you don't have special effects to talk about because everything's a special effect, kind of. So, yeah, animation is an inter yeah. interesting thing to do on this show. So I do hope we get more of it as we go along. But it's not up to me. Uh, my number 14 is the world's oldest living bridesmaid. We did it again. Yeah, All right, that's, that's where your number 14. I have that one for 14 as well. I just found it to be like going into it when I when that popped up as what the movie was going to be, I was like, oh god, here we go. Like, not only a TV movie, but like an early to mid 80s TV movie. Like, this is going to be a nightmare. But I found it pretty charming, pretty. I don't know if progressive is the right word, but certainly not problematic in the thought way that I expected it to be. Quite the opposite. Donna Mills is, I mean, not to get too thirsty on Maine, but I could look at Donna Mills all day long. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It was just a, I found it fun to watch and enjoyable. Not super funny, but just I don't know. It, it was so much better than I expected it to be. Maybe that colored it a bit, but I don't know. I would I would watch it again. No no problem. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and considering we don't have a lot of TV movies on this list. In fact, I think there's only that and my stepdaughter. How much better than my stepdaughter was? <laughs> well, there's other. I mean, just I, insane I, considering I, how much newer. There's an Ice Spiders is a TV movie, and Savage Planet is a TV like Sci-Fi Channel well, original oh, movie. Yeah. Also, so we actually have probably a lot of TV movies, but yeah, that's true. Not what you would think I keep of as about that. like a sort of like a Lifetime movie or a Hallmark Channel, you know, that kind of thing, which this is right. Though this is before there was such a thing as Lifetime Channel, or probably so. Yeah, I don't know. I just I had fun with it. My number thirteen is the boy who cried werewolf. Okay, and my thirteen is Welcome to Paradise. Okay, interesting. So we can talk about the boy who cried werewolf, which you had a, a bit lower. Yeah, uh, yeah, sixteen. I just I don't know. I found it fun. I found it, you know, that was another one. I went into going, oh god, a Nickelodeon original movie. What is this going to be? And it was, I don't know, enjoyable and fun to me. Yeah. More so than like Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff was, or certainly more than Scales, you know. Yeah. And it was, and <laughs> again, I've had two werewolf movies on the podcast, and the other one is The Howling Seven. The, I mean, I'm giving it to this. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I, man, makers of The Howling Seven, when when you can't even make a better werewolf movie. Then Disney Channel, you got to rethink your life. But Nick, uh, well, but Nick, no, honestly, Nickelodeon. or Nickelodeon. But honestly, that is being too mean to the boy who cried werewolf because it it honestly was it was fun. I mean, and as much as the first time they did the the wolf howling at the woman's name joke, I went, oh my god, that's they straight up stole that every time it happened. I got more and more. Okay, yeah. Okay, no, that's funny. Yeah, the that's com- pretty funny. <laughs> the, the commitment to the bit sells it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and there are things in that movie that legit, I legitimately laughed at, which is more than I can say for at least two purported comedies on this list on, that we've done. So, yeah, props to the boy who cried werewolf for that. <laughs> uh, my number twelve is Welcome to Paradise which was your 13. Okay. So we can talk about that here in a second. What is your number 12? Uh, my number 12 is Titan. Wow. Which I had at I know. 26. I remember you not liking it and when we talked about it, so it's grown on you, I guess. I, well, I think the... Like I said earlier with, with something else, I forget what, but I think it might just be a case of it was my first movie, it was so early on, that everything that's come before kind of made me look back on it fondly. <laughs> Not everything, but so much of the stuff that's been so bad made me go, Titan wasn't that bad. I mean, at least it had sure. production value. I mean, story-wise, it was kind of crap, and it, you know, mm. but, I mean, it had actual actors. It had a budget. I mean, it was straight to Netflix. I mean... <laughs> But, yeah, but yeah, one of, one I mean, the, it's not great. One of the few but... Netflix 
movies we've had. Yeah, I think, I mean, it probably, maybe it could probably be a little higher on my list for the reasons that you stated. But I guess for me, I feel like, yeah, you had actors and you had a budget and you wasted them on, because there's, it's it's a really uninteresting movie. Yeah. You know, like with that budget and with that cast, you didn't do anything more interesting. It's just really, it's kind of dull and not much happens. It's not terribly exciting. You know, yeah, it's not bad in the way that so many of these other movies are bad, but it's just, but it's, uh, it's just kind of there for me anyway. It just, it's just kind of sitting there, not doing much. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Welcome to Paradise. We need to talk about yes. Yeah. <laughs> the by a lot the highest ranked Christian movie on this list. Yeah, and I feel deservedly so. Like, like you, you have said more than once. It's. Whereas all most of these other Christian movies are either just saccharine sweet to the point of being unwatchable or have such a horribly dest- destructive message. This one was just, you know, be a good person and take care of the people around you and actually a good message, you know? Yeah, it's the rare and it's the rare that, Christian movie that actually espouses christian values <laughs> rather than right. these new warped ideas of what christian values are yeah the cast is pretty good nothing there's nothing in it that's like well that's dumb it's it, it's perfectly pleasant yeah. to watch and yeah that goes along pleasantness is underrated <laughs> that goes a long way for me sometimes it can just <laughs> be a nice warm blanket to just put on something pleasant that isn't gonna you know, I like being challenged, but sometimes you just want to, you know, and I feel like Welcome to Paradise is a movie that you could just put on. You're not going to have to think too hard about it, but it's also not going to piss you off. It's not going to, you know, that's my take. My number 11 is The World is Not Enough. Okay. And let me say right here, because this is where there's like a dividing line for me, 11 down to 1, or up to 1, however you want to look at it, were hard decisions for me because they're all movies that I liked to varying degrees. Same. Whereas everything below was either I didn't like or was just okay and I had to find a spot for it. From here down, I really kind of had to, ooh, what spot should this have? Yeah. Because I enjoyed them all. Same. Okay, so my 11 is John Dies at the End. Okay. All right. There is still, I'm wondering if you have made a, mistake on your list or something because there is a movie i still <laughs> cannot believe you have not named said yet two of them now actually but one in particular anyway really? um yeah huh. okay so my number 10 then is intruder okay which i had at 17 so we can talk about that one that one yeah i didn't put quite as high on the list as you did but i did enjoy it it was definitely like we talked about before, one of those movies that would fit in with the stuff that I watched growing up with you and just somehow never got to it. I don't remember ever really hearing about it before. No, never. But the, like you mentioned in the podcast, the the, the pedigree in this movie, the, I mean, say, uh, oh my lord, my the, brain is The Raimis. Uh, <laughs> the Raimis, yes. And their friends, and I mean... That definitely gave it a little something that made it more than just all these other low-budget horror movies that we've done that made it more enjoyable, I feel. And good kills, one in particular, which is 
real, <laughs> really impressive. Like still, like we talk about the, the chainsaw the in the smasher? face thing. No, no, no. The the bandsaw. Oh yeah. When he cuts through that yes. cuts through the dude's head, like between his nose and his upper yeah. lip, like it's such a it's such a good effect, and it looks so gnarly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Was this was this one that Greg Nicotero worked on too? I believe it was. Yes. I know there were a couple. Yeah. Yeah. He was all over the place. <laughs> Okay, then my number nine is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, wait, hold on. I skipped my 10 somehow. Oh, sorry. Oh, because we, I said Intruder. Intruder was my 10, which. Oh. So then we okay. just talked about yeah, before and... you said your 10. Okay. <laughs> so my 10 was, and I forget how you pronounce it, I hope I'm doing it right, the Yamairuku. Okay. Because honestly, I enjoyed it. It was. It was fun to watch i didn't always get everything about it and i kind of enjoyed that about it but it was it was funny in places it was three stooges goofy in other places and it didn't make it a great movie but it it made it fun to watch and i still have the friend song stuck (laughs) in my head from however long ago we watched that movie (laughs) yeah I feel, yeah, I think you enjoyed it more than I did, but I still had it in my top 20. And it's, yeah. I think the thing for me is that I don't know, and I should only judge it on my own enjoyment of it, which is kind of mezzo-mezzo, but I still don't know if it's considered, because it's the only Bollywood or Hollywood movie that we've done somehow. I'm, I'm shocked. I thought we would have as many as we've had Christian movies, and it hasn't happened. But I don't know, is this considered... A good one or a bad one? I don't know because it's my only one. <laughs> I have no frame of reference to <laughs> the rest of the world if this is one that's seen, if this was a hit, or if this is like a, you know, no no go on that one. So I guess I can only judge it on my, well, and I should only judge it on my own. I thought, yeah, there there was stuff that was funny and, and entertaining. There was also stuff that was very confusing, <laughs> which, and just, <laughs> yeah, there was something off-putting about it that I can't quite put into words. I don't know, but yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's still made my top 20, so it's not like I hated it or something. So that was your 10. All right. So and my nine was yeah. Teenage Ninja Turtles. So I'm sorry. And your nine is? Uh, my nine is World is Not Enough. Okay. Which was my 11. But yeah, I mean, it makes it into my top 10 because, yeah, it's it's not my favorite Bond movie by any means, but it's it's one of the... <laughs> One of the more okay ones, and it's it's one movie that I would and did see in the theater. I don't know if that's got something going for it, but, you know, I mean, it's it's a big Hollywood movie. It's got the production value. It's got some cheesiness, but it's it's not a bad movie, you know? Yeah, that's how it almost, I mean, it almost cracks my top ten by just by the nature of being like, it's a movie that you could go see in theaters <laughs> and money <laughs> yeah. was spent on it. Like, you know, so just on that alone gets it higher but it's i don't think it's my least favorite james bond movie but it might be my second least favorite james bond movie so yeah i i i, I wish i would have had a different james bond movie <laughs> but that's the one i got and it's i don't know it is what it is didn't quite crack my top 10 but almost my number eight is soul to keep yeah we're getting real close here uh, my number eight is teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah see this is where it's gonna be getting pretty close yeah, Ninja Turtles. It's it is what it is. It's something I outgrew long, long ago. 
uh, God bless people that it hasn't. That's absolutely fine. It's just, I don't think it holds up terribly, but I don't think it holds up incredibly well either. It's very much a product of its time, but big bonus points for how goddamn good those suits look and the animatronics look. All that stuff works still so well, so much better than the CGI shit and the Michael Bay ones. But yeah, my childhood memories of it, and maybe I was thinking of this, of Ninja Turtles 2, Secrets of the Ooze, I remember the fighting being way cooler to look at, because the fighting in this this one is, is kind of boring. <laughs> kind of not that interesting to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I think they definitely stepped it up a little bit for the second one. But yeah, this is, I mean, again, I know it's just because of when it came out and my age, but to me, this is kind of a classic. It's one that I watched many, many times growing up, and I still have a very big soft spot for in my heart. So yeah, it definitely makes it higher on the list than a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay. My number seven is John Dies at the End, which was your okay. 11, right? And my seven is Soul of the Key. Oh, yes. nice. Okay, so we have two movies to talk about. Let's talk about John Dies at the End. I mean, all the stuff that I said on episode 50 is, you know, I, I, I give it, I understand that it's super cheap. It's weird that it just becomes a cartoon at one point because they couldn't afford to do anything else. But <laughs> I, knowing it saddens me that it had those limitations on it, budgetary limitations. It saddens me that we'll never get a sequel to it because I love those books so fucking much. And that lends, I guess for some people, if you love the book that much, then you'd hate the movie more. But it puts such a soft spot in my heart for the movie because I, the movie really captures the tone. It doesn't capture every detail. Some of that stuff has changed. But the tone and the voice of the book carries through the novel in a big, big way. Or carries through from the books to the movie. And I love those books so much. And it breaks my heart that we will never get a movie of This Book is Full of Spiders. It's called This Movie is Full of Spiders. <laughs> like, that whole series, I love it so much. And so, flaws and all, I, I like this. I like that movie a lot. And I think... I think it's legitimately funny in a lot of spots. There's a lot of cool ideas. As bad as some of the effects are, some of them are really cool. Like, the Meat Man is fucking awesome looking, man. <laughs> like, that's just such a... It's a cool, <laughs> practical thing, you know? And I think I think the, the cast yeah. the cast is lighting it up. I think the cast knows what movie they're in and how to play it. And, yeah, just the fact that nobody liked it and it didn't make any money and so we'll never see any more of it is really, really sad to me. I honestly, I'm going to have to check it out because I did not know that this was based on a series of books. Oh, so I'm sir. going to have to find those. Oh, sir. Because I definitely did really like this movie. I had the, I mean, the same thoughts you did. I, looking at it and watching it, I was going, man, I wish this had a bigger budget. Because some of the, like, especially towards the end, there's a lot of green screen that doesn't work real well and things like mm -hmm. that. But... I could see what they were wanting to do, and I wanted to see that. And, yeah, I mean, the the practical effects and the humor pairing with the practical effects felt so like Sam Raimi Evil Dead, mm -hmm. but not in a we're copying it way, just in a we've got that same sensibility kind of way. And, and yeah, I really love the the way that the two main guys played off each other. They I thought they worked really well together. And Paul Giamatti is awesome in that movie. I like him a lot. And no, yeah, and everything... See, here's a perfect example of... Because Paul Giamatti drops the N-word in this movie. But 
in the context of the scene, like when you first hear it, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? That's shocking. But then when the reveal of why he said that happens, you're like, oh, fuck, that is so smart. That's the difference. (laughs) That's the difference between somebody saying it once in this movie and saying it 90 times in the FP. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And that was was a great example of planting a seed early on in the movie and paying it off later and you don't see it coming. Yes. I loved that. Which is what I those... was like, "Oh, that's the thing they did earlier." Man, you're going to love yeah. it. You're going to love you need to read these books, man. Yeah, get on those books, man. John dies at the end. They're by, by David Wong, who's actually Jason Pargin, who is a big who's like head writer at Cracked. But it's John dies at the end. This book is full of spiders seriously, don't open it. And what the fuck did I just read? is the three John Dies at the End book. He's working on a fourth, and then he has two other books that are a different part of a different series, Future Violence and Fancy Suits, and Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick, which is the second book of that series, which isn't quite as good, but I enjoy also. But yeah, the John Dies at the End books, all three of them, chef's kiss, so good. So if you like the movie, (laughs) 1,000% read those books, because the books are better. And the second book, especially, okay. and looking at the second, because knowing the second book, it's like, wow, they would have needed an even bigger budget for the second movie because there's so much crazy shit that happens in the second book. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just sad to me that we'll never have that. But yeah, we'll I, have the books. I really wish that this had had a bigger budget, A, so I could have really seen what they were trying to do, realized, and B, so, yeah, like you say, we could have gotten another one because that would have been, I would watch the, the crap out of that. But. For sure. Yeah. Okay, then. My number six is The Dark Crystal. Okay. My number six is Keep the Change. Okay. Okay. I have to I have to stop you right now. Because the movie <laughs> that I have at number 40, you have not listed yet, and there is no possible way it's in your top five. Okay. I'll bite, because maybe I said it and you forgot. I don't know. Maybe. Let's kill Grandpa this Christmas? Where did I... It's on here. I know it is. No, okay. I had it at 42. Did we somehow skip over it? Okay. We might have accidentally skipped over it. Okay. Whew. We okay. Okay. No, yeah. That's my 42. Okay. Then let's stop oh, and talk okay. about that. <laughs> I was becoming more and more paranoid that Let's Kill Grandpa This Christmas was in your top five, and I was losing my fucking mind. Okay. Let's talk Let's talk about that no, piece of shit. No, Somehow we... Yeah, we missed it somehow. That's it, fine. But yeah. Yeah, it's a piece of shit. It's not good. <laughs> And the fact that I have it as high as 40, Ugh. actually, the more I think about it, makes me angry. <laughs> there's, I mean, obviously there's worse ones yeah. you did, but not many. It's bad. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. And that, that's, that's another one that I was supposed to be on that episode. I started writing notes for it and stuff, and I had to back out, and you had to get somebody else. And oh, is that true? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, my Lord. Yep, that. That, was, that was supposed to be my episode originally, and I couldn't do it. Because I, I got like three pages of notes written and then I wasn't able to finish it in time. And so I had to bow out. But yeah, oh my lord. there I don't even know where to start with that movie. Because it's problematic on so many levels. I, and it's another that's another one that's just super cheap, full of repulsive acting, and just, yeah. I, I really, I don't have anything I mean, else to say about it. It's just bad. I mean, super cheap kind of works with that movie because it's not like they were trying to do anything spectacular. There were no, it's not like they had bad special effects or, you know, they couldn't do what they tried to do on their budget, but they just, 
they didn't do anything with the budget they had. <laughs> they just they made just a deplorably crap movie with it. So yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up because I was that was freaking me out. <laughs> every every time every number we hit that you didn't say it, I was my heart was getting more harder. harder. I was like, what is happening? It is not possible that this is in his top five. Okay, so my number five. We're in the top five now is Keep the Change, which was your number six, so we can talk about that. Um, and my five is Dark Crystal, so we can talk about both of those. There we go. Uh, Keep the Change, just just a lovely little movie that is saying something and showing something that not enough movies do and giving a voice and an audience to an underserved portion of the population. And it's just, without being treacly about it, without being saccharine about it, it feels very lived in and realistic and not overly optimistic or overly you know it just feels like a very genuine story with genuine characters and i enjoyed it a lot yeah same i like you say it just it felt very real and like performances didn't even feel like performances it almost felt like we were just pointing a camera at these people and their lives and these situations and watching it which is i mean it's fantastic and i love that you were able to get emily on for that episode because and i'm sorry i forget the other co-host name but uh but yeah just to have their viewpoint and have them be able to go yeah no this is a good movie they did this right you know yeah and thank i mean thank god it did anyway just because it's the right thing to do but also thank god because it helped me discover emily who has been the gift that keeps on giving to this show so yeah. Um, <laughs> so where are we at? Three? No, four. Uh, four. Uh, my no, number... we we had to talk about Dark Crystal because oh, that yes. was my five. Right. But yes, your your five, my six, the Dark Crystal. I mean, kind of a classic, and definitely visually. Yeah. Unlike anything you've seen before, visually unlike anything anybody's doing now, because everything is CGI, you know, and not just it's not just like oh the Muppets where. Jason Siegel standing next to it, like, oh, cool, like, look, or even like the Muppet movies, where it's like, here's the real world in a real city, and the Muppets are running around, and that's cool and fun, and how did they do that? But The Dark Crystal takes it to a whole nother, like, everything is a puppet. The entire world is built, you know, and you're not looking at anything that exists yeah. on our planet, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and honestly, I, when you had this on for the podcast, I had just a couple weeks earlier rewatched the dark crystal on my own because the the netflix series was coming out and then i watched the netflix series and i couldn't help just thinking to myself the original looks better i'm gonna i don't know why yeah carrie and i for it to hold up that well from that long ago is awesome yeah after doing that first episode and what a lucky first draw that was the dark crystal after carrie and i did that watched <laughs> the dark crystal thought we're gonna watch that show and then a couple months went by and we started watching that show and I, we made it like halfway through and just never went back to it it's not it's just not very yeah. interesting not even like visually that interesting compared to i don't know i really thought it was gonna kind of catch me on fire but it really didn't so I'm, i'll probably finish it at some point but it's just not mm, i don't know okay number four my number four pork pie same same Four yes. five coming at number four. And this 
this and Keep the Change and my number three, honestly, are all movies that I thank this podcast for. I was going to say the exact same I never would have heard, and I'm so thankful that I did. Which I can tell you right now means we have the same number three, because I know... Um, <laughs> now, the, yeah, the real only question now is, are number one and two, are they going to be switched or not? But, yeah, ah, let's talk gotcha. about Pork Pie. Super charming, super just fun, a breezy watch, you know? Never really sagged. Maybe it sagged a little bit in the kind of the when they're dealing with Bongo and hiding under the bridge and like it's kind of like just going. <laughs> and like I said on the episode, like my only real issue with it is that it becomes the fact that two of the characters just aren't in the last third of the movie at all, and it be kind of just becomes John's story. That's troublesome yeah. to me because I'm more interested yeah. in the other two characters because <laughs> I've seen that story before. A guy, guy blew up his life and now he has to go catch up to the girl and reconcile like i've seen that before but otherwise like i mean the car chases are cool without being like they're not crazy over the top fast and furious bullshit or even like mission impossible stuff <laughs> like it's they look cool but it's a thing you could see a car actually doing like the normal person could do right <laughs> so that's all cool it's genuinely funny like it's never there aren't any lines that are like oh that's super hilarious that's your big trailer laugh line but it's just a consistent straight line of funniness that runs through the entire thing that it's all very charming the rapport between the three in the car they're just funny with each other and charming and there's lots of little one-liners and stuff and it's just yeah i had never heard of that movie i'm so glad that the podcast got me to watch it because i really 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 enjoyed it yeah i i am known amongst my friends and coworkers as a movie buff and so i i always have like at least once or twice a month somebody come up to me hey have you watched anything good lately and they didn't even get the chance with this movie i've been going to people i mean <laughs> i watched this movie the other day and you need to watch it you should go watch pork pie i know it sounds weird you're not gonna know what it's about but it's really good you need to go watch it because yeah it's like you said i mean the the chemistry between the three main characters is always heartfelt and like it's it reminds me of one of my favorite subgenres, which is the you know buddy road trip comedy movie when it's done well and this one is done so well it reminds me of like i don't know if you ever saw the paul rudd movie overnight delivery i've always kind of liked that one and this is kind of that but way better and it's it's just yeah it's genuine performances genuine feelings and yeah i i am so happy that i got to watch this movie for this podcast yeah and even when it's doing something maybe a little wacky it never feels that it's like like well that's too much like that's way over the top like even at the end when he's jumping out of a burning car right before it explodes it feels like it's <laughs> earned a little bit like it doesn't feel like yeah. well this is a crazy thing you've thrown in for no reason like I mean, it's slightly over the top, maybe, but I don't, it all feels it, very, very enjoyable. It happens. It happens the way you feel like it would in real life. The car doesn't like hit the other car and flip and explode into a fireball. It just kind of hits it and stops, and just sits there and burns. <laughs> yeah, very, very. So good. it's it's that kind of comedy, but grounded in reality. You know, for sure. So number three, and now I know that we have the same one. This is our home. Yep. What a surprise. This little, it's a little movie that could, man. 
you could tell how much it blew us away and what an amazing pleasant surprise and find it was because it was yeah a little horror movie on tubi or whatever that we had never heard of you know not as low budget as some of the other ones we've seen but a low budget but man does it work like gangbusters from start to finish like it's just yeah we were yeah, so surprised so by much with so little i mean because it's there's no special effects in this movie it's just three people in a house making it one of the creepiest things you've ever seen with nothing but atmosphere and sound and performance uh you know what i just realized we didn't talk about soul to keep at all so i don't know how that happened but we blew past that because it yeah. was my number eight i named it as seven but i think we were talking about something else at the time we, we probably skipped over. got talking about john dies at the end <laughs> well yeah that's the reason i was reminded that we didn't talk about soul to keep because that was another sort of hidden gem that was another surprise like oh shit i was expecting nothing from this when it came up for the podcast and really was really taken aback by how much i enjoyed it how i mean soul to keep is nowhere near as good as this is our home but there's so much in it that's like fuck that works <laughs> and i enjoy you know and all of the, especially all of the sign language stuff <laughs> and we never i don't think we ever and got the, to talk the about the ending soul to keep. no well, i wasn't on that one but uh, yeah the everything you just said and the ending just stands out to me the the way that she works out how to how to survive how to beat the the demon or whatever was so smart and just so like well hidden until they revealed it type of thing and it just kind of that kind of blew me away i like that a lot yeah one of my favorite final girls maybe <laughs> ever like what a surprise of this little movie yeah. that i had never heard of and yet also a movie with, like, no body count. Like, one person dies in that movie. <laughs> and everyone else yeah. sort of is brought, you know, comes back to life or whatever. But, yeah, that um, there's things there's things in that movie that don't quite work. But enough of it does that that was, that was a super pleasant surprise as well for me. But, yeah, but the, not, not to the level that This Is Our Home was. No. Which was just... I honestly, Man, I cannot works. believe I didn't hear about This Is Our Home before we watched it. I can't believe people aren't talking about this movie. Well, that's the thing is there's so much now. There's so much output. There's so, I mean, the fact that there's so just to be alone. There's so many horror movies come out every year, you know, that if it's not coming out in the theater, if it doesn't play at a festival and garner some butt, you know, there's probably a lot of, movies like this is our home that fell through the cracks that deserve to be you know lifted up and and given attention to yeah we talk a lot on here about you know movies we never would have seen never would have heard of and with the bad ones we movies that we will absolutely never see again this is a movie i can tell you i am going to watch again because i as you know although the listeners probably don't every year our sister shannon and i coordinate and come up with 30 movie or 31 movies to watch through october and that's going on my list this year and i i do the same i do a thing on twitter with a different different horror movie every halloween i try to you guys do kind of a mix of stuff you've already seen and love and stuff you haven't seen i definitely go more toward like i only want to watch stuff i haven't seen before so but i yeah i might i might stick it on there anyway <laughs> yeah this is our home. A wonderful surprise. A wonderful gift given to us by this show. All right. Well, it's it's the moment. It's this. Here's where we learn what's up. My number two. 
I'm go I'm going to I promise you I'm going to catch shit for this. My number two is It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not gonna crap about it, but Clue is my number two. Okay, so there we have it. My number one then is Clue over It's a Wonderful Life, which was a hard decision. <laughs> I went back and forth on a lot, but I settled on. I guess to me. They're both movies I've seen a bunch of times already. Which one am I going to watch again soonest? And the answer is Clue. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, and I went the same way. I mean, it was it was a matter of tiny fractions of degrees for me to decide that. And I just think that it's it's wonderful. Life has just always held a bigger spot in my life, although. It was like, like I say, it was almost an impossible decision because Clue is so amazing and one of the funniest movies ever made, in my opinion. Yes. I think, yeah, I think It's a Wonderful Life is a stone cold classic and it's great. I think maybe what gives Clue the edge to me is that a, that entire cast is just on fucking fire in that movie. Just yes. amazing. It's really funny. And the Maybe the fact that It's a Wonderful Life is something that everyone is going to watch every year just on principle because it's Christmas. Like that and A Christmas Story. Like you're going to watch both of those movies every Christmas. When are you going to watch Clue? So for Clue to hold, to even be tied for me when it's not something that's in the annual rotation, it's not something that's seen as a Stone Cold classic, that to me gives it the edge that it has sort of more to work against. Like, It's a Wonderful Life seems like it's such a no-brainer pick for number one that the fact that Clue is even close tells me I like Clue more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I gotcha. Uh, can I let you in on a little secret? Of course. This is something you just said. I've never seen A Christmas Story all the way through. Wow. I think, I think I've seen pieces of it here and there enough that I have seen the whole movie. <laughs> just not in one sitting? But I've never, I've never watched it beginning to end. It's a movie that I like a lot, but I do think is very overrated. And the fact that they're still doing the twenty-four hours of it's of a Christmas story on TBS or whatever is preposterous to me. Pick a different movie. Everyone's seen it now. <laughs> and it's good. It's fine. But there's just switch it up. It'll be fine if you do six hours of a Christmas story and eighteen hours of something anything else you know but what's i hear what i think to me the big takeaway from this is the fact that our number one and two and it was kind of a, i think a foregone conclusion from the get-go that our number <laughs> one and two were going to clue and it's a wonderful life like i don't think that was ever up for debate it was just a matter of which spot the two would be in but the fact that this is our home yeah. is number three behind only it's a wonderful life and clue should tell you what a magical effect that movie had on us. <laughs> like, past, yeah. you know, past everything else on the list, past other things we really liked, that it was that close to It's a Wonderful Life and Clue tells you if you have not watched This Is Our Home yet, go watch This Is Our Home. Because, I don't know, it really did it for us. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would say the same of Pork Pie. I would say... Yeah, I mean, the fact that I have I have that above Dark Crystal and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies that I've seen I couldn't even tell you how many times in my life because I wanted to watch them. Yeah, should tell you go watch that movie. Well, and a late entry too. It really snuck in 
while we were closing the gate. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, episode 40, <laughs> 49 out of 50 and it made the top five. That's pretty, you know, it slid in there. So, yeah. So that's, we have ranked the 50. I think there's some controversial choices <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> I think I honest, I'm going to catch shit for putting Clue above its wonderful life, but I don't give a but I also think there's I think there's also going to be a contingent of people who are going to be like, well, of course you put Clue. I mean, because Clue is better. <laughs> it has its it has a solid you know down low fan base. So yeah, like I say, I was I was on that fence for a good couple of days trying to figure out which one of those two it was going to be. So I totally get it. <laughs> what that's ranking the fifty harder than we thought it would be, <laughs> but fun worth doing <laughs> just a little bonus episode I, I don't have to push the magic button for this because it's you know so we can leave that out we don't need to get into all of our socials and all that but i will say artwork for the show by joe humphrey uh at mr joe humphrey on twitter go check out his stuff great piece he did for this show and uh, any f- final thoughts on on the 50 or anything else before we shut this down at the no not really just 45 minutes what you said earlier oh my god (laughs) no just kind of what you said earlier about i don't know how we would be able to do this at 100 if we decided to because seeing how long this took that was hard enough sliding 50 more movies in (laughs) no i just mean the decision making process man well we'll see what happens all right that will do it for this (laughs) bonus episode Come back next week for a regular old episode. And uh, thank you, whoever's been listening for 50 episodes. Thank you, and please continue to do so. We love you. Goodbye.